going to read to you first in Romans chapter 7. This is Paul, the apostle, writing. Beginning in verse 18. I think they have it up there. Yes. For I know that in, my, in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. See if you can relate. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. This is the Apostle Paul writing. What does he say? O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he gives us the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to stop right there. Then reading to you in the book of Luke, chapter 9, beginning in verse 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged? If he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. And again, preaching to you this morning about self-control, it's called temper and temperance. Temper and temperance. Let us pray. Reverend Tuig, sir, do you please pray over our message and messenger. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Whew, what a scripture there in Luke. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. If there is a scripture that goes more against society, I'm not sure what it may be. Because society always tells us what? Hey, you're number one. Take care of you. They say things like, you only live once, enjoy yourself. They say things like, you deserve it. And so we find that society's message, culture's message is, whatever you want to do, if it feels good to you, do it. And yet we find for all of the people searching and seeking and doing those things, it seems as if people today are less satisfied and less content than ever before. We find that we have fed every desire, scratched every itch, done everything in the bucket list, not withheld anything from what our heart wanted. We kind of sound like a guy in the Bible by the name of Solomon. Now Solomon, what the Bible tells us, was the wisest man. 
God had given him supernatural wisdom, and he became a king over Israel. And he writes about doing just exactly what I'm talking about. Let me read it to you. He said, I said in my heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. Now whenever you read this word vanity in this portion of Scripture, it means emptiness, worthless, nothing. So Solomon said, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to let my heart have fun. I'm going to enjoy every pleasure. And then he says, but I found it was empty. He goes on. I said of laughter, it is mad, crazy. And of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. I put on great songs on my cell phone. <laughs> if he was here, he would have said that, right? <laughs> Happens to us all. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Check this out. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. Man, we would think it would be just the opposite, wouldn't we? Here's a man that had all the money he wanted. He had all the power he wanted. He had all the authority he wanted. And he used it probably like many of us would. Bought whatever he wanted to buy. He had a, what is it, a, a black American Express card. Is that the one that's got the no limit? I don't know. I don't have that one. But... <laughs> There's limits in my life. But he bought whatever he wanted to buy. He spent on whatever he wanted to spend. He paid and, and hired all these people. And at the end of it all, he said, it was vanity. It was empty. It was worthless. Now, we might not do it on the same level of Solomon. But surely, we have done similar and yet we find a very similar problem, don't we? For all the stuff that we get and we uh, uh, attain, it just doesn't satisfy. People are exposed to more stuff that they want. Now, stay with me, stay with me. Do jumping jacks or something. I, I don't have any jokes for you this morning, but hopefully you're driving. You can't hear me? 
They said they can't hear me, PA folks back there. That's public address. Now, we have some Pennsylvania folks, PA folks. That's all right, too. Amen. Sister came today and said she's from Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. That's all right. We're glad you're here. Need all the Pennsylvania folks we can. At least these Cardinal fans team up on me and, and uh, knock me out. It's almost as if for all of the pursuing after pleasure, we're drowning in it. We're suffocating. It's like a man in the midst of the ocean, all this water and none to drink. Surrounded by all this water but nothing to satisfy my thirst. That's what Jesus came to deal with. And how did he deal with it? Strange. Not by giving people what they wanted, but by dying for them. You see, Jesus said, if we would find our life, we must lose it. And whosoever will find their life and gather all the things that they want, that person will lose their life. He's not talking about a physical life. He's talking about a spiritual life. So the people that pursue every pleasure and think that that's going to make them happy end up being suffocated, drowned in their pleasures, uh, unable to enjoy the basic things of life. Think about it. We're strange. On one hand, people lament, rightfully so, the overdoses and the fentanyl problem. On the other hand, they legalize marijuana. You still here? It's as if they're salting the desire of escapism. It's all right to have a little bit, but when it leads them to more and more and more and they end up losing their life, well, that's too bad. Well, why don't you go back where it starts? Amen? There's more, more pornography now in our society than ever before. And yet, even in the natural sense, the statistics say there's less satisfaction in marriages. Why? Because people are comparing and reminding themselves of what they saw on those screens. And they're never satisfied. More alcohol. More weed. And while salting the desire for escapism, they find that they don't ever find true satisfaction or peace. You see, with God it doesn't matter if it's fentanyl or weed or alcohol or even cigarettes. The Bible said that he that defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. God wanted us to understand something. I will give you something better than an artificial chemical. I will give you something that will satisfy. I will give you something that will give you peace. I will give you something that you're not going to wake up with a headache or, or you might not wake up at all and end up in hell in the lake of fire. I'm going to give you something you can't overdose from. I'm going to give you something you won't wake up in a jail cell, jail cell from. I'm going to give you something you won't end up with a lifelong disease from. I'm going to give you a satisfying satisfaction for eternal life. But it comes, here it is, at a cost. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? But here's what Jesus said. We must take up our cross daily. 
Now, here's the problem. We think about the cross, and usually we have little pictures of the cross, you know, a nice, clean, uh, smooth, varnished cross. But that's not what the cross was. It was rough lumber, a tool of crucifixion. That after the back was beaten and laid open, lashed with a, a whip that had metal and glass tied into it that would rip and shred the skin. And they would put that cross on that person. And they would take that cross up to the hill and they would openly humiliate them without clothes. Stripping them of every vestige of dignity. And that's what Jesus did. You see, he understood the only way to give life was for him to conquer death. He understood that the only way for us to find something that would satisfy was to deny himself. Whereas we think satisfying every desire will make us happy, Jesus said, oh no, you've got to deny yourself. For the good of somebody else. And then you begin to find satisfaction. We are a nation with every pleasure at our disposal. And yes, less satisfaction than ever before. We are like a car. Out of control. Picture a car. You've got a huge engine. Revved up. High RPMs. You've got the body of the car, and you've got the driver. That's a picture of humanity. We have an engine, it's called emotions. And those emotions fuel us forward. Whether it be anger, pride, whether it be lust, whether it be whatever it might be, it fuels this, this, this body forward. Our body is the car. The actual seats and, and hood and... and um, uh, trunk, that whole carcass, fueled by the engine, and then our spirit is the driver. Now, if the driver is controlling that car and uh, able to uh, steer it in the right direction, everything's fine. But we, without Christ in our life, are like the driver sitting in the passenger seat. The engine's revving, revving and we're heading straight to a wall. And all we can do is scream things are out of control because our emotions are saying we need more, 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 more. And yet it doesn't satisfy. And so when Christ comes into our life, he sits down truly like the, the little phrase in the song says, Jesus take the wheel. He begins to control our emotions. We surrender our life to him and we begin to find control. We, be, we begin to find answers for what's been plaguing us. We begin to find deliverance from the things that we could not find freedom from before. Addiction. Pornography, anger, prejudice, pride, they're not solved by a little 12-step program. Thank God for 12-step programs. We're not against them. But that doesn't change the heart of man. But Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be changed. Comparison is the thief of contentment. Have you ever been in a situation... Where you thought, man, if I could just get my bills paid and have $100 left over, I'd be happy. Have you ever been? I've been there. If you haven't, I've been there. 
And then you get there, right? Whew, bills paid, food in the, in the cupboard, fridge has got some food in it. I got a hundred extra dollars. And somebody comes by and says, yeah, I just got, uh, just put in $10,000 in my savings account. And I, you did what? And all of a sudden, my $100 doesn't feel like a whole lot, amen? Because I'm comparing. I'm comparing. Now, I was happy a moment ago. And so you start out, man, I'm going to save. And you start, you work two jobs and three jobs. And, and you eat ramen every day so you can put money in the savings account. And you get $10,000 in your savings account. Some joker walks by and says, yeah, I just bought me a new house. I still got hundred grand in the savings account. You want to slap them. Amen. Because you were happy a second ago. You had just reached your goal. But now it's not enough. Let me, let, me, let me clue you in on something. It'll never be enough. Rockefeller, one of the richest men of all time, they asked him, you got all this money. What's enough? He said this, a little bit more. A little bit more. You see, our heart is always craving a little bit more. If I could just get my husband to put his socks in the hamper. And he does that. Man, if I could just get my husband to, a little bit more. Amen. Jesus' solution was he died so that we could live. He was crucified to give us true life. Jesus gave us the answer of what we were after. The cross is easy to sentimentalize, as one man said, to sanitize or to romanticize. But it was brutal and bloody, and it cost Jesus everything. And when God says that we are to take up our cross daily, he doesn't mean to wear a nice little gold chain around our chest or to pluck one into your ears. He's saying, I want you to take up that thing that kills the self, the pride, the anger, the lust. I want you to deny yourself because self-denial is so essential in our life because our flesh has no off switch. It's always wanting, 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 wanting. Are you still here? Am I talking to the right people? Can you relate? More, 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 more. Listen to what the Bible said in the book of Proverbs. He said, a bunch of scriptures, make sure I read the right one to you. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Ladies, how long is that dress a new dress? All right, let me get myself in real big trouble now. How many shoes are enough? <laughs> you can only wear two at a time. Amen. There's some ladies that have enough shoes to last from now through eternity, right now in their cross. Maybe not through eternity, but right, right up there, just shy. And so, what is the punishment for a soul that's ever asking for more? In the Greek mythology, there was a guy by the name of Tantalus. That's where we get the word tantalizing. Tantalus stood in water 
pure, good, clean, cool drinking water. About his ankles, ankle high. And right in front of him were limbs that hung down with luscious fruit. And Tantalus would get so hungry and he'd reach for the fruit and the limb would just pull out of his reach. He could never get a hold of it. He'd get so thirsty and he'd bend down to drink the water. And the water would recede and he could never get a hold of it. What is the eternal punishment for those who are ever filling their lusts and never stop to think about God and eternity and where they stand with God? Could it be ever wanting, never satisfied? When I got saved, I was a young 19-year-old soldier in the army. I won't tell you the whole story, but I was trying to satisfy every fleshly lust I could. And one night we were drinking and drugging and, and through it all. God began to give me a little vision, a little taste of what hell would be like. And as I was, I was out on the highway and I was just miserable, I'm, I'm walking on the side of the, the road. And the thought came, well, you need to run. And so I'd start running, but that didn't bring any peace. And he said, you just need to, to lay down. And I laid down the street, but that didn't give me any peace. He said, you need to walk. And I'd walk, but that didn't give me any peace. And I thought about it later. I said, is that just a little taste of what hell's like? Never finding rest, never finding peace. This is what the Bible said. He calls it eternal torment. And it might not be far off. We know the Bible speaks of flames and hell and a little smoke that goes up. But it might not be far off to have a desire, have it never be satisfied. A pain that there is never an end to. A hunger that's never fed. A thirst that's never given fluid. Jesus came and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to die. I'm going to deny myself life to give you life. And so for the sinner, the man, the woman that comes today and says, I want to know God. The reason that we can know God is because Jesus said, I'm going to lay aside heaven. And the angels praises. And the fellowship with the Father. And I'm going to come to this earth. And I'm going to go through the mockery. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, come to my own and my own reject me. I'm going to be discarded and mocked. And then at the end of my life, after only helping and healing, they're going to crucify me and beat me. And it didn't end on the cross. He went to hell. And he suffered in hell for you and I. After three days he rose again and he took his blood to the Father. Why? To pay for our sin. All of our lust, all of our anger, all of our pride. Listen, it doesn't go away. It's still there. Take dirty laundry, put it under your bed. Come back in ten years, it's still dirty. You got to wash it. How do I wash my soul? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How do I get in back into relationship with God? I confess, God, I know I've sinned. And here's a little secret. The Bible said, we've all sinned. We've all sinned. And yet you're looking for satisfaction in the world and things and women and men and money and houses and in clothes and shoes and gadgets and computers and technology. But none of that satisfies because what our soul is craving is being united again with God. He's the one that created us. He's the one that made us. And what is missing is not the next clothes or the next house or the next thousand dollars. What's missing is that oneness, that relationship, that fellowship with God. 
He loves you. See, people say, I'm looking for love. You know why some marriages, get ready, musicians, Sister D, we're going to do that song. You know, yes. You know why some marriages don't last? Because they're expecting the wife or the husband to be God for them. And that's a weight that will crush any marriage. I got a good wife, but she can't satisfy my soul. Amen. Amen. She can't take God's place. If I expect her to do that, I'll be forever frustrated. And so we're looking for love, yes. But we're not looking for it. A lasting love like that in the arms of a woman or a man or a dad or, or a son. We find it in Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy. So you're here today, would you bow your head and close your eyes? We've been slaves, held in bondage to our own desires, thinking comfort, pleasures, that will make us happy, only to be frustrated, tantalized, ever stretching, never reaching, never getting, ever thirsting, never satisfied. But Jesus said, come unto me and I will give you life. The answer you're looking for is found in Jesus. To come and say, Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I can't get to heaven with my sin. I'm asking you to cleanse me. I'm asking you to take it out of my heart and take it out of my soul. Jesus, forgive me and save me. You see, for the, the sinner, we've got to lay our life down at the feet of Jesus. But for the saint, we have to take up that cross, not just once at an altar, but he said daily. Daily I deny myself and I serve others. Daily I lay down my pride, my rights, and I say, God... What do, you, what do you want me to do today? Lord, we love you. In just a minute, we're going to open up these altars. And I know there are people here that they need forgiveness, satisfaction in their soul. They want to know that when they die, they're going to go to heaven. Jesus, you said we've got to be born again. I pray now, Lord, that you would draw them to this altar of prayer. That they would find the peace, the forgiveness, the healing that's only found in Jesus Christ. You're here tonight, today, and you say, that's what I'm after. Would you pray for me? Slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. God bless those hands. I see you all across my right, over on the left, in the middle, on the left. I see you. Oh, Jesus. You see these people, people that you love, people you died for, people that you want to go to heaven. Lord, it's not your desire that any would perish. It's not your desire that any would suffer. Hell wasn't created for man. It was created for the Every devil and his angels. But, oh, God, God, Lord, we've got to make that move and come to you. And I pray now in this altar call that those who raise their hands and others would come and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. 
and let Jesus come into their life.